Hi, and welcome to the Sexy Aging Podcast. I'm Tracy Monoknuku, a midlifer, menopausal, and at the juncture of life where I decided that I was going to kick over my bucket list, starting with this podcast. Since then, I've written a book, My Menopause Memoir, set up a website to support women through the menopause transition, developed an online course for menopause, and thrown my passion for fitness and wellness into an app specifically made for women in midlife and menopause. I also love delivering workshops virtually and in person to support women in the workplace when it comes to, you guessed it, menopause. If you're interested in finding out more about these projects, I've added the links in my bio and I offer podcast listener discounts in the show notes just for you. So check those out. As an indie podcaster, that means that no one is paying me to produce this podcast. I want to bring you relevant, interesting and engaging guests. By following and sharing the podcast with others, I can continue to make the podcast episodes and give you more of what you want to listen to. So let's crack on with today's interview. This episode will resonate with many women who are struggling with menopause symptoms while working. In fact, according to Dr. Linda Deer's nationwide survey of 4,200 women within New Zealand, 80% told her that menopause symptoms impacted them in the workplace. The Harvard Business Review reported that menopause is also the time when most women are likely to move into a top leadership position. My guest today is Helen Brown, Head of Media and Investment at PhD in New Zealand. Helen and I have actually met in person, unlike so many of my guests. Helen invited me to speak for a women's leadership luncheon held at Google HQ on menopause. Helen's honesty and openness to sharing with other women is brave. Here is Helen's story. Welcoming to the podcast, Sexy Aging Today, it's my pleasure to introduce Helen Brown, And Helen is the Head of Media and Investment for a company called PhD in Auckland, New Zealand. And we've actually met in person. And this is really unusual because so many of my guests, um, many of them live overseas or we've never had an opportunity to meet in person. Obviously, COVID had a big part of that when the podcast started. Um, So I'm really grateful that we've met in person and we met at an event to talk about menopause in the workplace, which you were part of organising which was so fantastic. It was held at Google headquarters and there were women from different leadership positions and different companies that came to enjoy a lunch with us. And um, I felt like it was a really heartfelt opportunity to really open up the conversation of this is what so many women are experiencing in the workplace. So true. I had so much positive feedback after that session as well. I think it was just the, um, the frankness that everyone came, you know, to talk talk with was amazing so it was yeah it was great yeah and that's what I'm learning as well is like it's better just to be really open and frank and Mm, just mm. tell it like it is I mean it comes with a lot of fear-mongering but obviously if you've got you know a bit of tips and tricks to survive it kind of thing (laughs) you know you don't want people leaving feeling oh shit is this what's going to happen you want people going okay all right educated now I know what to do 100%. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Helen. Like, you know, we've kind of had, you know, short talks and yes. shared experiences, obviously, around menopause. But, yeah, share a little yeah. bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Um, I have worked in media, so within media agencies for, I'm going to say, around 30 years now. And I've actually been with PhD Media 
since we started in 1999. So, um, and what's great about that is I have actually grown, you know, into lots of different roles as I've progressed through the business, um, which has given me lots of opportunity and inspiration um, and, um, you know, has really helped I think keep me in the industry, but also in, in the agency that I'm in. And I've done that alongside having two, two boys. So my partner Mel and I, we have two boys who are 25 and now 22. Um, so we've kind of, I guess, you know, grown up with them um, as a working mum in, in my area, which um, has been, you know, actually great in terms of, I think, them seeing kind of what opportunities there are out there for, um, for women. Um, I moved into a leadership role in PhD probably around um, five years ago, which actually happened to coincide with menopause. So that wasn't really ideal, but I think that happens to a lot of women um, actually in this in this reality that we're in. So it's actually quite pertinent to our discussion today. But, yeah. um, you know, I think, you know, given kind of the the experience that I've had kind of both at home and at work with what was impacting me, it's 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 been a bit of a journey. So not not necessarily all bad, certainly a lot of internal um, growth and learning along the way, but um, certainly a challenge nonetheless. Yeah. Oh, gosh, so much of what you've already <laughs> said. I'm excited to sort of unpack that and dive a little deeper. So let's get back to you know, understanding what menopause was. What was your sort of first experience of coming up against the word mm. menopause, think mm. back to when you might have heard it, and what did you actually think about what that meant for you? Yeah, I, I to be honest, I hadn't given it much thought. I knew that my mum had, you know, gone through it, but hadn't experienced, uh, well, she didn't say that she'd experienced, uh, you know, symptoms. So I wasn't really expecting to, you know, also, you know, um, see any symptoms off the back of that. I knew about hot flushes. That was pretty much the biggest thing that I knew I would was very likely to experience. But in terms of um, the more physical experience and also the mental um, psychological impacts, I wasn't expecting those at all. So they came as quite a surprise. And I think even when I was going through that, I wasn't necessarily connecting them back to menopause at the time. So it's just, I, you know, I thought I was going a bit crazy, going a bit mad, um, losing my way a bit, as opposed to actually, you know, these were symptoms that I could have done something about at the time and taken more control of. So I, I kind of went into it a bit blind, I think. And I think even five years ago, there was so much less discussion around this. Um, none of my friends were talking about it at the time. Um, I don't recall seeing things in the media. Um, I just wasn't coming across it, anything in the workplace either. Um, and I work in an industry that is doesn't have many women in their 50s and 60s. Um, so there was no one to kind of learn from that had gone before me either. So that, uh, that I think was kind of the biggest challenge for me going through that. So just not expecting what, what was going to happen to my body and to my mind. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that a lot of women will resonate with what you've just said, particularly if they are working or have been working for a number of years and then sort of moving up the ranks in their mm. career, coming up against symptoms at the same time, right? So, and yeah. then having those moments of doubt and the yes. madness that you explained. Yeah. And, and that doesn't, I mean, that's just coupled with all the physical symptoms that those feelings of, God, am I getting too old for this? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the aches, the pains, the the fatigue yeah. that stuff yeah. so I mean I've sort of mentioned a few symptoms what were the main mm. ones for you you said hot flashes did you actually have them or 
I, I never, I mean, I just got hot in general. So I'm, and I still am, like I still sleep. I just sleep with a sheet at night, most nights. I, I just, I don't cool down. I get into bed, the room might be cold, but I, you know, I just, I'm, I'm warm the minute my body hits that bed. It just doesn't matter. Um, but I certainly, and I still do, I still get hot um, when I'm talking often. Um, and I would experience that. I started, I do a lot of presentations within my role whether internal or external with clients. And I just started, you know, talking and I would just literally start, you know, going red and sweating. And so that was that was new to me and that was quite the challenge. Um, but I think definitely brain fog, memory loss hit me quite badly. I would be in meetings and I it stopped me from participating, I guess, in meetings because I would go to say something and I just couldn't quite find the word that I was looking for. Um, and that still happens. I've got a bit better in terms of I now try and write down things that I think are really important I'm going to have to pull out in a meeting so um, but I guess kind of the, the mental hits were very much anxiety um, and a kind of emotion so very I could get very angry very quickly about things that would just you know just hit me um, and kind of very emotional in terms of quite up and down in terms of how I was feeling and it might be a work related thing or it might be a home related thing and often you know they merge don't they in, in, in real life so um, but I think at the time, what was driving so much of this was the fact that I just wasn't sleeping. I couldn't sleep, you know, for trying. So, you know, once that starts happening, you get into such a bad space, you know, in your head because you just can't ever catch up. And so you can't think logically and then you're tired and your brain won't work. Um, and then you feel, you know, you lose your confidence, and the anxiety sets in. So, you know, it's, it kind of snowballs into so many different um different ways but I think that the mental blocks that I was having was was the hardest part but alongside that I was getting aching joints my hair was thinning so you start to really feel like you are getting old quite quickly and it kind of really hits you like a, a ton of bricks I think as well yeah like you are literally I'm mentally going through my checklist <laughs> as you're <laughs> listing off all the symptoms and I feel like anyone that's listening to this will just feel such a connection with what you've yeah. explained and then how that rolls between being at home and being at work if we sort of double down on the work conversation yeah <laughs> I think <laughs> I, we've spoken of this and I feel it too like my heart sort of races a little bit when you talk about mm -hmm. Um, brain fog, confidence, and sort of the anxiety related to work performance. Um, as you're experiencing what we know now as perimenopause symptoms in the workplace, how did that make you feel while you're actually at work? These things are happening. Did you start to have like these doubts around, oh God, what's going on with me? And, you know, just that Oh God, you go, Helen. <laughs> I can't talk. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I really thought I was losing the pot, and I think because my confidence got to such a low ebb, I think that you, you you can't think logically. So your mind goes into such bad places that I think it's really hard to keep going. It's really hard to have the confidence to do your job. You know, you, you know, you're mentoring people, you're running teams, you're. Um, giving advice to other people at the same time that you're kind of crumbling a little bit inside, I think. So I think you, there's no easy, easy way to say it. It was really, really hard. And I, I, I look back now and go, I can't believe that I kind of went through all of that. And over quite a long period of time, because I couldn't put the dots together to connect that back to perimenopause or menopause. I just couldn't, couldn't see that I just thought that I, you know, was really struggling in my role with what I was doing. At the same time, knowing that I'm extremely capable and I can 
do a really good job and but just not having the confidence you know to kind of back myself in that so I, I feel like you know what people were seeing from me in the workplace was definitely not at my best you know and that's you know I look back on that and I find that's still hard to think about it still yeah. really hits you but yeah. I mean it did happen I, I you know that's that's what it was and I'm not saying that I'm perfect now because I still you know I think I still have those moments but not to the same and I not to the same extent because I can can control them a bit more because I can control my mind I understand now where my mind's trying to go with that and I can control it and I you know I think that's where I am now but if I look back to where I was four or five years ago um you know there were moments where I thought maybe maybe I'm just not cut out for this role for this business um and you know that that's quite a hard thing to go through in your in your head at the time yeah and I reckon it's really difficult to for companies as well who have women like yourself so experienced with mm. a, such an incredible depth of knowledge around your you know your skills and your expertise there are thousands of women feeling exactly that same way mm-hmm. and you know dr linda Deere recently put out her survey and there's a whole lot more statistics that she's going to be sharing but i'm so lucky that i get to <laughs> have a <laughs> you know, combo with her. So, um, yeah, she's, you know, the stats on New Zealand women have said that 80% of women working in the workforce feel impacted by their menopause symptoms in the Mm. workplace, like Mm. 80%. So, you know, we listen to your story, you give a story, I've told mine a few times, but we know that, you know, four out of five women in the workplace going through perimenopause are having these moments. Mm. And not knowing, some of them not knowing why, obviously, you know, just the beginning stages of menopause is a challenge. It's like, well, for you and I, it's like two or three years of symptoms before you go, what the heck is this, right? That's right. Yeah. (laughs) That's right, because the symptoms don't all come at once. It's kind of progressive, and so they change as well. So you might think you're you're back on top of one of your symptoms, or you're trying to address one of the symptoms, and then next week there's something else that kind of joins in, and you're like, what is going on with my body? I feel like it just, everything's breaking down. So it's, it's just not clear cut necessarily, you know, and when yeah. I talk to people about it now, um, they might have a couple of symptoms and it's kind of like, well, just be aware of the other symptoms because they will creep up on you in some cases. Yeah. So moving on to something like moving into the positive realm, because I think it's really good for women to understand that, you, you know, you've had that experience. It's a lived experience, menopause at a high level in the workplace. So what support had did you were you offered or how did you approach Hmm. people in the workplace to get some level of understanding and empathy and support like how did you start that conversation because I think that this is probably the glue that's going to you know help a lot of people yeah yeah um it's interesting because it took me so long to figure out that it was menopause and I mean the chances of everyone else working around me trying to understand that that was the case as well was pretty low right so and that's not on them because no one was talking about it. So I started by doing an awful lot of research myself just online and just kind of finding um, a lot of what was being talked about and discussed. There's, you know, I think over the last, you know, probably three to four years, there's been kind of a lot more information being shared. So that was great. Yeah. Um, I, I think as I was going through such a hard time at work and I was talking to one of my colleagues and I was lucky enough that we'd had some leadership training, um, you know, about three years prior to this that um, she suggested that I link back in with that. It was a psych- led by a psychologist um, 
to link back in with her for some coaching. So which I did, which was fantastic because it kind of, we didn't discuss menopause because again, I hadn't quite connected that yet, but just the being able to go and talk to someone about what was going on in my head and for them to kind of talk me through that and kind of go, well, what's going to happen if that if that happens and what are you doing about that? And it was and outside of our business, it was so important. And I probably had about four sessions, I think, with her over a two-month period. And, you know, I just really helped rebalance myself yeah. um, mentally. And I think that was really strong. And so I think post that, then I could start have conversations in the business because then I could acknowledge that I was actually you know, really struggling in some areas and kind of identify what those areas were. And it was only after that that I could actually connect them back to menopause. And that was because of all the, you know, the trawling through the web that I was doing, really finding information. So that's when it kind of started to come together for me. And then I could have a conversation with our CEO around, I think we need to start talking about menopause in the workplace because if it, I'm having this trouble now, I don't want other people in our business to have to go through what I've done let's but to do that you have to be really honest right or vulnerable right because you're also putting yeah. yourself in front of someone and saying you know <clears throat> there might be a reason to some of the challenges that I've had or mm -hmm. that I didn't quite hit the nail on the head with that brief or yeah. you know like yeah. you're actually coming forward and saying that and yeah. going I believe yeah. that this thing yeah. has actually impacted me and yeah. hoping that they get it yeah, 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 which is which is scary, right? Because you yeah. are kind of really opening yourself up. I mean, I'm lucky. I mean, as you met, we've got a, a really strong senior leadership team that are quite a um, strong female component. Yeah. So my CEO is a woman, um, and you know, younger than me, but extremely approachable um, in this area. So I could have some pretty honest conversations, and I think while there's not many women in our business in their 50s and 60s, there's certainly a lot of women in their 40s and late 40s coming up. And so I think for the benefit of everybody and for our business, because we do not want to lose women on this journey from our industry, let alone from our business, um, it's, it's something that we are now looking at within our business in terms of how do we um, broaden this conversation internally and make it less taboo um, and uh, a more supportive environment. So, I mean, I, I think I was really lucky in terms of the team that we had. Um, but, you know, I always feel like, you know, like with, you know, having, having kind of kids and the support, the parental support you got in yeah. the workplace, I'm always like five years, you know, too early. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're, well, you're the front runner. I was just thinking yeah. that you're, you're like the, the men warrior in your workplace. Yeah. But you've probably yeah. been that person for, you know, the discussions that came up around, you know, parenting in the workplace and, yes. you know, yeah. lots of other things that yeah. you know that we, yeah. we we sort of gen x have basically battled for everyone else yes that's right, right? that's right and you know like it's great because i really i appreciate the fact that it will be better for women coming through and i think that's so lovely and so many like i said so many women in our agency are kind of hitting that kind of mid 40s and i start to have conversations and i'm like oh i wonder if you're starting to hit so it's actually quite interesting i'm not saying that to them but i kind of go it's really interesting you can start to see some patterns kind of coming through. Yeah. Hey, I was super gung-ho. So when I realized that it was perimenopause for myself, anytime I'd have a conversation with someone and they'd go, oh God, I'm not sleeping. All oh, my bones are aching. And I'd just jump in and go, oh, I think you've got perimenopause. <laughs> I sort of yeah. went like that for about a year and then realized, no, you know what? Everyone is, because we've all learned that it's all different for everyone, right? So everyone's yeah. going to have a completely different experience Symptoms will come and go, just like you mentioned. Yeah. And now I sort of step back and I wait for them to kind of ask 
the question. Mm. So yeah, mm. did you get this or have you? Do you know if this if it's like my thyroid or you know the questions yeah. kind of go, you know, off on a journey until I have a lead in where I go. You know what? You should probably consider that it could be this. Maybe you mm. want to talk to your GP. And I never really throw everything out there anymore because I feel like it's more about letting people have their moment to express how they feel. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, uh, yeah. yeah, so my gung-ho has dialed down a bit. <laughs> but, you know, people can find my stuff anyway, so it's all good. <laughs> um, what kind of support did you need and what kind of support mm. have you had? Yeah, I think, um, so after I had kind of the um, coaching sessions, I think for me the support that I needed and I, I got really was probably through communities online but then from an internal perspective I mean it's just the conversations that I'm having internally I have um you know the C our CEO plus there's an, another um lovely lady on our leadership team um and and we just talk about this stuff and I think that's been really really helpful knowing that I have permission to fail if you know things are, are going not well knowing that I have permission to um, if I'm really really tired to work from home or to have that flexibility um, I think that's been super important for me I mean I've had I've put in place I guess myself a lot of things that I've learned along the journey in terms of really trying to nail my sleeping habits and yeah. I think for me that was kind of the key to improvement was actually sleep hygiene um, you know, waking up in the morning, getting a light in my eyes, you know, resetting the circadian rhythm, um, really prioritizing that above anything else, and then adjusting my diet. So taking a bit more responsibility for myself. So less meat, um, particularly in the evenings, you know, really focusing on vegetables, fruits, you know, um, keeping that as healthy as I possibly can. Um, and just adjusting those things. I think this had an enormous benefit. Um, I did at one point go on to HRT, but for me, that resulted in a lot of, I just couldn't control the acne that was coming off the back of that. So that yeah. was a real challenge. So I ended up going off that, but I have then since been trying a, a bio-dentical um, hormone yep. cream, which I'm in the very early stages of. And I mean, you know, it's, I'll give anything a shot really. So, yeah, same. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. really like hearing that because, um, you know, I'm a, advocate for HRT it's worked for me but I yeah. actually know that that's not the case you know for yeah. everyone and I have a lot of friends that are quite adamant that they're not going to try it for whatever reason and those reasons yeah. are their own and that's cool yeah. and I have huge respect for anyone's decision around looking after their own health as long yeah. as they try to find a solution that's going to work for them right like just that's be right. on the forefront of it so yeah. good to hear I mean I, I guess you're a little bit estrogen uh, sensitive would that be the case or yeah yeah yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I mean I'm learning this too just by yeah. hearing other people's stories and then yeah. you know asking someone who knows so why would that happen because yeah. you know I don't want to promise the Alexa of you know fixing menopause like yeah. no it's not yeah, yeah. and I, th I think it's you know it's hard seeking help and finding the right help from a medical perspective I think you know I've had a couple of doctor experiences which weren't great so you've just got to keep pushing I think that's the thing like if you want support you've got to go and you've got to go and seek it because not every doctor is going to um, I guess get on that journey with you but you need to find someone who will so you know yeah. you've just got to keep keep going and I think that's about talking to your friends talking to a support network and understanding how who have they found that has been really helpful in that area 
Um, because otherwise it's easy to, to stop because you'll ask one doctor and they'll be like, no, you know, you're not doing that. You're too old. You're too young. It's not going to help. Whatever it is, that there's often a, an excuse. And you kind of, if you just take that, you, you it's not it's not enough, you know. Yeah. We, we should expect more, I think, from our medical professionals. Yeah, I think that this is the next thing that we're going to see change. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. we're on the wave of that. Yeah. And, which is really cool, right? And I guess, you know, you and I sort of follow what's happening up in the UK and then there's a yeah. flow-on effect into Australia and New Zealand. So it's kind of exciting, the direction. Yeah. But there's an obvious standout issue, which is, um, you know, <clears throat> the medical <laughs> the environment where there hasn't been a lot of training and education given to mm-hmm. GPs, your normal GP. But I believe that's changing and I'm really excited about that. Um, yeah. So talking about that particular thing, yeah. when you go to a doctor, um, from your experience, what would you say a woman should do? And I covered this in an actual podcast episode previously, yeah. but I just want to hear it from you. What was your your winning uh, mode of getting the understanding and support that you needed from your GP? Well, I first raised it with one with my actual GP, and I I kind of got pushback around how HRT was, you know, not not great. So I actually yeah talked to a friend who had been to see a different GP and in Auckland, and I made an appointment with them, and they they are kind of a, a more of a menopause expert, and she tested my hormones, she did all those things that I expected to be done, um, and then came back, and then I had another um session and you know we agreed on what I was going to trial um which I did try for about six months and that's when I obviously got that acne and I kind of came off that and then I wasn't really sure what to do and in the end I um because like I said I I think you just got to keep trying and if you don't get something you need from from one keep going so but it is a couple of years later that I went to a, a more of a holistic GP who again tested my hormones and then we're trying this bioidentical um so yeah yeah, I think I mean yeah I mean they've got to check your hormones right they've got to kind of see where you are at that moment in time and talk to you about what those um what the symptoms are that are really kind of pulling you down because I think um in some cases I know hot hot flushes I know that HRT is great for that so you know that's often the the buzzword that doctors want to hear in terms of being able to prescribe HRT but that might not be your biggest symptom. So, I, you know, sometimes you have to play a game, which I think is really unfortunate. But, yes, you know, if you want to try HRT, you've got hot flushes. I mean, that's what you need to be saying. You have to is, say it. Yeah. Yeah, which is a bit sucky, I think. Yeah. I, mean, I, yeah. Did, I That's what I said when I went to my GP for the second time yeah. to yeah. talk about my menopause symptoms and try to access HRT to try it out. Um, yeah. And I had the same thing. I didn't say hot flushes the first time because it wasn't really a big one for me. Yeah, yeah. I'd extracted myself from the really stressful situation of presenting sessions yeah. and strategy and stuff. So I never really had those moments yeah. that messed with my head again. But like by the time I went back the second time and I put hot flashes at the top of the list, it was game on. Yeah. And yeah. So I was a bit disappointed that, you know, I kind yeah. of had to sort of lie about it. Yeah. But I don't think <laughs> yeah. that's changed in reality. I think... Well, yeah. a lot of um, GPs, you still have to say, yeah. Yeah. Whereas a, a lot of women are going to their GPs and the first thing that they'll say and the reason that they're going is the anxiety. Yeah. 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 So yeah. then they get um, prescribed, you know, anti-anxiety meds yes. and antidepressants yeah. and stuff without yeah. diving a little bit deeper into what else is happening for you. Yeah. Oh, okay, there's an alignment. So, you know, while yeah. it could very 
well be anxiety there's a lot of shit happening you know <laughs> there's lots yeah, of stuff happening yeah. i get it but when you look at a woman's age hormone profile and the you know the stacking up of the symptoms it's yeah yeah really highly likely yeah. it could be perimenopause yeah. so yeah yeah that's really a really good point it's actually probably worth writing down all your symptoms before you go to the gp and just kind of going these are yeah because it's probably more than you realize actually at the time yeah so I want to talk about the difference between sort of five years ago for you and coming back into the yeah. just quite recent. And yeah. you, I mean, just both you've, you've mentioned that you've seen a lot of stuff online and in the media. Yeah. And yeah. so how has that worked out for you now? Yeah. Like what's yeah. your sort of day to day? How do you feel about this whole experience now? How do you view menopause today and how do you see your future? Lots of questions. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I am, I'm way more positive now I think about menopause than I was because it just took me by surprise. So I feel like the future for women as they start to hit perimenopause and beyond will be a lot better because there is so much more information and access to support. Um, for me, I guess I have more control of it now, but saying that I still get I still have symptoms and I don't know, you know, whether they'll ever go away, but I am much more able to manage them. I often catch myself going, oh, okay, this is, this is going on, you know, or I'll yeah. have a new symptom and I'll be like, oh, wasn't expecting this one right now. But um, I think, so I feel more positive about it, which is good because I don't want that to all be a negative discussion. Like we're yeah. women of an age where we should be feeling more confident Um we should be enjoying life and I don't want to feel robbed of that. I don't want anyone to feel robbed of that because they're having, you know, menopause or symptoms. So I think it's just really important that we do put it into a strong light, but we just arm ourselves with enough information um, and support to be able to get through that in a way that, um, yeah, yeah there's, neg there's definitely negative things and there's things that I wish hadn't happened to my body or my head or are still happening and I wish they weren't, but they are. And I can still have a really good life around that. You know, I can... I should feel proud. I think we should all feel proud of kind of getting through that and coping with the symptoms that we have um, and 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 kind of working with it as best we can. So I love the fact that I can now talk about it in the workplace without feeling um, embarrassed. Um, I mean, it, just by the fact that we're in perimenopause or menopause does mean we're getting older, but I don't want it to be viewed as a negative. That's actually um, should be our prime of life in lots of ways, you know, to your point, we are you know, women that have worked our way through different careers, you know, we're, we should be appreciating the time that we have now and the positions that we have um, in our life. So I want that to be a positive. And I think one of the biggest things is, I think if I'm allowed to swear, but I just kind of give a lot less fucks about yeah, something. Like, absolutely. Yeah, like five years ago, I'd be very stressed about some things and really kind of quite emotional. Now I'm like, you know what? I, I'm old enough to not worry about that kind of stuff anymore. Like, I'll just let it go, you know. It just doesn't mean anything. In three days' time, I won't even be thinking about that anymore. So I have that ability to kind of move myself on a little bit, which is actually really nice to be able to do. So there's some definite yeah. positives. Yeah. I like to focus on the positives too and sort of hook into the word pause. Like yeah. you mentioned a few times you got a couple of symptoms you weren't expecting and it makes you stop for a second. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. I think it's actually really healthy to, to be able to pause and reflect, right, on, okay, okay, what's happening to my body? How does this affect how I feel? How does this affect how I interact with people? I think there's an incredible amount of growth in that word pause for so menopause, true. and yeah. I think that you've really highlighted that. So yeah. 
Have you got anything else, last words for the listeners? Because I feel like this was such an awesome conversation. (laughs) I would just say as much as you can, get as much information as you can and prioritise yourself, like you're learning and take responsibility as much as you can for yourself through that period because uh, there is a lot of challenge. But once you get through it, I think you kind of, you can really pat yourself on the back and enjoy and appreciate it. And then look at the women that are coming, you know, behind you in terms of their their growth and opportunity and what you can kind of, I guess, take take them on that journey and help them through and support it. And that's a really nice feeling as well. Like, it's quite nice that we're able to kind of go, this can happen. It can be really shit, but let's look at the positives and let's come out the other side, stronger, better, um, you know, and healthier. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Thank you, Helen. Thanks for your time as well. You're welcome. That was really lovely to see you again. (laughs) Yeah, you too. If this episode has resonated with you and you'd like to explore a conversation on hosting a menopause workshop at your place of work, please feel free to reach out. I facilitate these conversations in a live and virtual setting that is informative, factual, safe and practical. I've left a link in the show notes so you can contact me directly. I look forward to helping your business support your woman and retain talent. If you're wondering if you're entering perimenopause or you've noticed some strange symptoms that you believe might be related to perimenopause, how about downloading my free perimenopause symptoms tracker? This simple document can help you track the frequency of your symptoms and can be used to help seek advice from your doctor. Check the link in the show notes. for listening to today's episode i'd love to hear what you thought so feel free to answer in the questions in spotify or give your feedback in apple podcasts and follow the podcast so you'll receive notifications for new episodes and stay sexy